0: you're listening to sports source a cavalier radio podcast with your hosts john williams and josh sanchez yeah that's right you're listening to sports source a very late night version of sports source we're recording this in the Cavalier Radio Studios at 12:30 a.m. on Saturday you'll probably hear it on Anchor FM at some point in the afternoon on Saturday. Yep, yep, yep. I'm John Williams. Josh Sanchez is sitting right in front of me. Josh. Of course. How are you still awake?
1: I have no idea, dude. It's been <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a uh, shot film today at ABC. In the pouring rain, I was all around Jersey. It was downpouring. It was like it was like hurricane downpouring. Hmm. I am drenched right now. My I can't even feel my my feet. <laughs> but I am out here for Sports Source. I've been wanting to talk about the Eagles, Colin Kaepernick, Le'Veon Bell, and Khalil Mack all yeah. week. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to waste any time. Invoicing voicing on how I feel. <laughs>
0: All right, that's a, probably the best way to go about it. So the <laughs> Eagles are weren't wasting any time getting off to a good start. As last night, they took down the Atlanta Falcons 18-12 in what was, in my opinion, one of the most boring football games I've ever watched in my entire life.
1: Now, now, I will say, the first three quarters, it was boring. The yeah. fourth quarter was very entertaining. It came down to the final play. Yep. And it was, it was honestly the repeat of the divisional round. Yep. The Eagles scored a late touchdown with like two minutes left. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones have a chance to win. And the Eagles defense does it again. Like we always do. And this is something that I've noticed ever since Doug Peterson has been the coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we're just, we're completely one. We're a completely different team at home. And also two, our defense. What separates a good defense from a great defense is the great defenses, you can drive on them all you want, but they make you earn it in the red zone. Like, like I remember watching the Seahawks a couple of years ago with Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas and all them, uh, Wagner and Bennett and all them. They would literally make you earn it. If it's third down and goal at the one-yard line, in fact, even like at like the half-yard line, they are going to make you earn that half that half yard and that's what I see with this Eagles defense and it's not even that full strength either either not Nigel Bradham he's he was suspended for he's been he's suspended for a couple games and we saw what happened in the game like Atlanta they had numerous Red Zone opportunities but Matt Ryan threw a pick to um Douglas who was a backup corner by the way then also Devonte Freeman they try to go for it on fourth down he gets stuffed like this Eagles defense is showing why they're great they may not have looked in the Super Bowl but this is an elite defense
0: yeah and it, to your point it's a bend but don't break kind of thing yes. going on with the Eagles I mean back in the day when the sixers defense was relevant they used to be able to do that too um the, you see the Patriots do that as well they have that as well and you know they're not some great defense but Matt Patricia always coached them to be a pretty good defense but Listen, the Eagles' defense, if they're going to play like they played last night, <laughs> might as well just call the season. Like You don't yeah, even no. need Carson Wentz back. That defense looked like it was the best in the NFL last night. And, you know, right now, it looks like Carson Wentz isn't going to be back for a couple more weeks. Uh, reports coming out. Now, Sean Jeffrey also is not going to be back for a couple more weeks. So the Eagles are going to be relying on Nick Foles, who... Listen, the game plan is the game plan for the Eagles, and they know it's a dink and dunk run the ball kind of team offensively without Carson Wentz. So, Foles only threw for 117 yards. Yeah, no touchdowns, only a interception. And Nelson Aguilar, one for one with the uh, Tom Brady special
1: <laughs> over
0: there. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. N-
1: Nelson Aguilar, he had a good game. I mean, I, I look at it as our offense was flat. Point blank period. Our offense was flat. It, it got better in the second half, but the first half, our offense was completely flat. And Nick Foles, the interception that he threw was not his fault. Ah, uh, sorry, he threw it behind him, but he, but Godart or Godard still had it in his hands. He just popped it out. Yeah. But um, the Eagles were very conservative to start the game. We we kept throwing at the Sproles all the time. I was like, what is this, Chip Kelly? We ran a we ran a lot of like outside runs. I'm like I'm like what is this Chip Kelly? And then once we started feeding it to Ajayi up the middle, that's when we put the hammer down. That's when we set. Uh, that's that's when we really started doing stuff on offense. But I mean, I look at it as we don't have Jeffrey. Zach Ertz had three big drops in the game. He looked awful. I mean, Zach Ertz is a lot better. He's a way better player than what he showed last, uh, last night. He was god awful. He dropped two crucial third down plays. People could say the passes weren't perfect. But it's Zach Ertz. You got to make those catches. Yeah. And um, yeah, our offense was flat. I mean, you could say some of it was due to the heat, but our offensive line really started getting going in the third and fourth quarters. That's when then, and, and I, and I like that. And eventually, once we get Wentz back, once we get Jeffries back, our, our offense is going to be clicking on all cylinders. And it's, it's all, we're, we're just lucky that our easy part of the schedule, easy part of the season is now. Not that we beat Atlanta. Now we got Tampa Bay without Jameis Winston. We have the Colts, Andrew Luck, who like what Andrew Luck are we gonna see yet? Yeah. He hasn't played in two years. And the Colts defense has got awful. Then you have a Titans team. They're like, uh, eh, I'm not really big on them. They did make the playoffs last year, but the AFC was very a- weak. The
0: AFC was awful. And then, you know, the next best teams had major, major injuries all across the board. And you think about the Texans, and do you think about uh, some of the other teams yeah. fighting for a spot uh, Colts, too. Um, you mentioned Nelson Aguilar a little bit ago, and listen, the man had eight receptions. He only had 33 yards, but that's because just the nature of the system and the plays that they're running. Aguilar is going to be as important as any other player on this yeah. offense going forward, and if he could be that kind of a safety blanket for Nick Foles, listen, he's going to eventually put himself in a position where he's going to get paid. The improvement that Nelson Aguilar has made over the last two seasons is remarkable, and it's a great success story for him. You know, he was he looked awful his rookie year, and now he's like the Mr. Dependable on this offense. Also, like Jay and Jaya,
1: yeah, great game. game.
0: 15 carries, 62 yards Two touchdowns. This man has had a good history against the Falcons uh, in the playoffs. He played really well against the Falcons. Listen, they got the running game going. They got Aguilar. And listen, Ertz had a bad game. He's going to bounce back. Yeah, yeah. You know oh, what yeah. Kind of er- Ertz is, is. going to
1: bounce back. And I look at Aguilar as he's... Like once we get Jeffrey back, Jeffrey will be more of the vertical guy. I like what Aguilar is starting to is starting to turn into. He's starting to turn into that guy. It's like third down and two. You don't always need to throw it to Ertz now. Now you can throw it to Aguilar as well. He he showed really great hands. Made a lot of tough catches yesterday, and obviously, I mean, Nick Foles is just gonna get the is just gonna get the job done from here on out. And I'm just gotta wait and see what's gonna happen. I'm excited though for the other games this week as well. Um, I know, I know, Khalil Mack. I, I, I've been wanting to talk about him for a while because yeah. I, I, think the Raiders are stupid for getting rid of him.
0: Yeah, I think I think and, everybody pretty much and and the Bears already sure.
1: had a top ten defense before they got Khalil Mack. Now they get Khalil Mack.
0: We're going back to and, a classic Chicago Bears defense.
1: Yeah, and the only problem I have with the Bears is I'm not really a big Trubisky fan. I'm not. I don't really see it. I mean, I, I get why some people see it, but. Like with Wentz, it was different. With Wentz, like I, I saw greatness in Wentz. With 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 Trubisky, I I don't see it. Think with Trubisky, at the very least, his the people,
0: the personnel on that offense is a lot better than it was last year. Because you add a Trey Burton, who I think is going to have a big year. You add a guy. Like, Allen Robinson, if he could come back and he could produce the way he produced with Jacksonville when Jacksonville was awful, listen, the Bears might be the second-best team in that division because the Packers' defense is as porous as the uh, as anything, really. So, no, nah, I mean, the Raiders are absolutely—John Gruden, yeah. not the Raiders. John Gruden is an absolute idiot, and I guess the Raiders are an absolute— Stupid franchise for giving Gruden that kind of contract in the first place. But, well, I mean, listen, you look at the Eagles defense once again. Hicks, seven tackles. Mills, six tackles. McLeod, six tackles. Ronald Darby, six. Gruder Hill, four. Sydney Jones, four. Long four. The list goes on. This team was gonna, it wasn't gonna be denied. They hadn't exceptional game and listen i think there's a very good chance even though two of these next three games are on the road that the eagles start out again 4-0 this year
1: yeah and 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 i i can i can definitely see that only because again our schedule is not the strongest and i think i think that this team is just a really good solid complete all round, complete team And I get it, we don't have our guy in Carson Wentz, but eventually we're going to get him back. And once we get him back, the sky's the limit. Now, I will say, I think people are overhyping this Atlanta Falcons team. And people are talking about how great this team is and how they have all these weapons. But it all comes down to the red zone. And I, I honestly think the Atlanta Falcons are an overrated team. I think they're a good, solid team, but they're not a great team, as everyone's saying that they are, like... Like NFC contenders, I don't see them as NFC contenders. I see them as an NFC playoff team, but it just they just don't they they they're just lacking that mentality, that form of togetherness when it matters most. That's what this team lacks, and I I just see the Falcons being a team that's going to be the five or six seed every year from here on out, and are going to get bounced out in the first or second round of the playoffs. Yeah, and, and they had their Super Bowl run. They had their chance. And I just think that that was their chance to to prove everyone that they're not full. When you're up 28 to 3. All you need is literally one more knockout punch and the Super Bowl's yours. And that that that's just the story of the team. 20 to 20, they were killing the Eagles. Julio Jones had 169 yards. But when it mattered most, when it came down to who's going to make the key play, who's going are the Falcons legit? Is Matt Ryan legit? Is he a top five quarterback? He proved last night that he's not. Yeah. And Matt yeah. Ryan's had a great solid career to all the stats guys are like, but 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 he's thrown the most ever for his first like ten seasons for a player.
0: Wonderful! It's a oh, that, quarterback. That, oh, that's era. great. Everybody's that, gonna pass yeah, that now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh wow! That's that's really great. But there's moments when he should take control of a game. Like the Eagle, when they played against the Eagles last year, we didn't have Carson Wentz. I I get it, the games in Philadelphia, but you have the better team, you have the better weapons, you have Julio, you have a great defense, you are the more elite quarterback, or supposedly the more elite quarterback, the elite ones, Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, like they, they Peyton Manning, they would get you that win, and they'll get you, and they'll get you that win, Matt Ryan. He hasn't had that moment yet where he said you put the team on his back and say guess what it doesn't matter who we're going up against I'm going to win us the game. And that's what separates him from the other guys. And it, it sucks because Matt Ryan again is he's a good solid quarterback but he's that's not it. he's not uh, he's not a top 5 quarterback in the league. All that talk has to go away.
0: I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. I I think he's in that like I don't know, maybe like 13 to 18 range just picking numbers uh off the top of my head he's got to be in that middle of the pack area
1: well i ought to put him a little bit better than middle of the pack i would probably put him around like 10 or like 8 or 9 at the highest only because like i look at the other guys like some other guys still need to do it more for more like need to do a little bit longer that's all
0: yeah and uh we know that he has one of the highest paid contracts In the NFL, speaking of which, Le'Veon Bell. Of course. Oh, Le'Veon Bell. Don't get me started on this guy. Look, I understand, you know, looking out for number one sometimes, you have to. But dude, you have franchise tag, you're making 14.5 million dollars. Listen, I understand, but you're never, based on the position that you play, you are never going to get that monster long-term contract from the Steelers, from anybody. No one is making you one of the highest-paid players in the NFL. You're not getting Odell money. You're not getting quarterback money. Stop it. Get your butt to camp. Get your butt to practice and play. You're getting paid to play. And the guys that are protecting your rear end, they're not making that much money. But you don't see them complaining. This is the whole This whole situation is the Steelers' problem in a nutshell. There are so many me guys on this team and not enough we guys. Mike Tomlin doesn't do a good enough job of bringing them all in. And, frankly, when you have that many me guys on your team, the wallet is the only thing that matters. This is a team, mind you, that has the best receiver in the NFL. Pretty much unquestioned. Yeah, This is a team that has one of, if not the best running back in the NFL which is, like, there's no question he's a top three running back we'll say this is a team with one of the top five offensive lines in the NFL this is a team with a future Hall of Fame quarterback do you know how many Super Bowls these guys have won together <laughs> Zero! <laughs> Zero! Zilch! Nada. They haven't won since 2008 When it took San Antonio Holmes Making some unbelievable catch Listen, it's fine when you have one me guy But when you have a whole roster full of me guys That creates a problem Antonio Brown, I think, is another me guy Great player But him, Bell, and the rest of these guys Who don't give a crap about team success. Are the reason the Steelers are not going to win another Super Bowl. For a very 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 long time. And Mike Tomlin deserves a ton of the blame. For not commanding the room. And showing these guys. What they need to do to be true professionals. Big Ben. Another guy who's been there forever. Deserves a ton of the blame. So. I. I'm of the belief, and for those of you who don't haven't realized this by now, I'm a Steeler fan, so obviously I'm really, really ticked off by this whole situation. Trade Bell. Trade him. See what you can get for him, because this is asinine to have to deal with this. Let James Conner, who's been busting his butt all training camp, all preseason, let him get a crack at the starting gig. See if he sticks, cause he wants to play. He's not worried about the paycheck right now. He's worried about the team. And there's not enough guys on this Steelers team that feel that way.
1: Yeah, I I, I can com- I completely agree. I mean, I see why like Bell decided to hold out, but it, it's going too far now. Like it, like this, like. Like you can't you can't miss week one of the season like and Le'Veon Bell's missing he, he's gonna he's gonna lose out on almost like 825k just for missing this one game I get it based off of talent alone he should get paid but ev- eventually it just comes to the point where like if you're not gonna get paid then on honestly just next ne- like next off season just go on a different team like if that's what's gonna be like. Like you're not like you can't you can't contradict yourself. You can't say that I want to play with the Steelers for for my whole career, but then complain when they only franchise when they franchise tag you again.
0: And it's not like he's getting five million dollars. He's making fourteen point five.
1: I know. He's making
0: I I don't have the number in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that's one of the top two or three contracts to a running back in the NFL. Who's giving a 26-year-old running back with 400 touches in consecutive seasons a four or five-year contract worth 20 million a year? An absolute idiotic, stupid franchise would do that. Maybe John Gruden will, because him and the Raiders don't seem to know what the hell they're doing. (laughs) They don't know. But fine, let them go to the Raiders. Let them get swallowed up in mediocrity for the next five years. Oh, he collects his money. Fine, let
1: him do that. <laughs> the Steelers need we guys, and they don't got them. You're right, and I feel like that's another thing that's lacking with the Steelers team. And another thing I notice is they talk a lot of trash, especially their young defensive guys. They talk a lot of trash. They talk a lot about the Jaguars and how they how they already talking about playing against New England. They, just, they don't back it up, and it just looks stupid on their part. Like, they look like complete idiots right now as a franchise. Oh, that that and, and bothers I I, me and, so much. And that's why I can't take the Steelers seriously anymore. I, I see them as a team. Yeah, they'll make the playoffs. They have great talent. They do have Super Bowl talent on paper, but they're not beating New England. New England is like their kryptonite. Every time they play New England, it's the same old, same old. It doesn't matter if they play in Pittsburgh or they play in New England. People complain about Jesse James and say, oh, that's all different now. New England would, eat even if the game was in Pittsburgh, New England would go into Pittsburgh in December and kick some Steelers' butt. And that's exactly what New England would do. And it's only because Tom Brady and New England, they know what to do against the Steelers. Bill Belichick, he takes away uh, either Brown or Bell, and he makes others beat him. And guess what? The others can't beat him, so... That's why I'm just I'm sick of the Steelers. I'm fed up with the Steelers. They honestly just need to get it together. Le'Veon Bell, I understand why he had this holdout. You want to get paid. He deserves to get paid. He does. But at the same time, you're still getting paid $14 million. And if you don't like if you don't like how the team's treating you, then honestly, next offseason, sign up, It's leave. Sign up a different team. Don't sit up there and complain how you want to be with the Steelers all you all you all for all your whole career, and also complain how if the Steelers don't give him a big deal he's gonna retire. How you can, don't say this, that, and the third, but then complain about your contract. Like what is it gonna be? Like you're contradicting yourself. Yeah. You can't complain about your contract, but then say you want to you want to be on a team. So like obviously the team is gonna to continue to just franchise tag you because that's the better that's the best option to do even though I think that's stupid as well. Like uh, like you at least just sign a contract because eventually the franchise tag thing, is just going to get the price going to get bigger and bigger and bigger with the market. So
0: what it comes down to is listen, I'm all for players going and getting their money. All right. Like I'm all for it. But the second you end up hurting the team because you are, you have such tunnel vision to wanting to get that contract, that's when I lose respect for you. And look, the Steelers are probably going to make the playoffs this year because their division is garbage. The Ravens are not good. Their defense is fo- Their defense is solid. I'll give them that, but their offense is not good. You're right. The Bengals are a trash organization. That will that that you know talk about another franchise like the Raiders have no clue. Bengals are there, and then the Browns honestly might be the second best team in the division. And you play them week one in Cleveland. Guess who's about to get their second win in the last two and a half years? Guess who? The Browns.
1: So you're calling a Browns week one victory? I think the Browns are going to stun the Steelers.
0: Because the Steelers, and that's the other thing, the Steelers always get cocky around the bad teams and they always end up blowing games. It happened with the Bears last year. It happened with the Bucks two years ago. So, yeah, I think I think the Browns win on Sunday. And you look at the schedule. They play the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs. The only saving grace for that game is that it's in Pittsburgh. Then they play the Bucks in Tampa. Ravens, Falcons, at home. Then Bengals on the road. Browns at home. Ravens on the road. Panthers at home. Go to Jacksonville. Go to Denver, host the Chargers, go to Re- Oakland, host the Patriots, go to New Orleans, and then host the Bengals. Yeah, they so them. I think they're gonna lose I think they're gonna lose one to the Ravens, they're gonna lose to the Falcons, they're gonna lose to the Panthers, that's three losses, they're gonna lose to the Broncos, they're gonna lose to the Jaguars, it's five, they're gonna lose to the Chargers at six, lose to the Patriots at seven. And lose to the Saints. So, so I, I think the Steelers go eight and eight. Best case scenario, ten and six. Absolute best case scenario, everything goes right, ten and six. Okay. Because when you got have guys that don't want to fight for each other, and just fight for the almighty dollar, you have no chance. And the Eagles are the antithesis of that ar- that argument because look at them. They're a bunch of we guys. They're a bunch of team guys, and look what they were able to accomplish. You're right. So that's where I'm at with the Steelers.
1: And the same thing can be said about the Patriots too. Like Tom Brady's are like, <sighs> honestly, the amount of the amount of games Tom Brady has won for the Patriots, like he should be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. But this man sit up sits there and takes pay cuts so his team can get better players around him. Because he's the pure definition of a me-first type of player, and that's why the Patriots have been so good for years, and that's why championship teams, the Spurs, like Manu Ginobili, he had the chance, he had the talent to be the third starter, but he chose to sit the bench because that he would because it would bet it would be better for the team if he sat on the bench. Mm-hmm. So it shows you like these championship teams that win more than one ring have unselfish guys that are willing to put the team first over them. So. Who would have thought? I know you're right, but, but um, but yeah, are you ready to talk about? Are you ready to talk about Colin Kaepernick, or do you want to? Yeah,
0: you want to start it off?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll will start it off. I'll start it off because I I think this topic is really interesting because I I think well, for those who do not know, Colin Kaepernick he signed a deal with Nike, and Nike announced their they launched their first ad campaign. Of Colin Kaepernick, and I, I honestly, I love the commercial. I love how they talk. They they added Shaquem Griffin, how he didn't have a hand. He said, "If you don't have a hand, instead of talking about it, do it. And if you want to make change in society, you got to just act on it. You can't, you can't just sit up there and complain about a certain topic or do a certain topic. You like what anything in life, you got to be, you got to be motivated, and you got to actually do it." And you think of uh, of the most like the most powerful leaders in the world, like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and Muhammad Ali, and and all them. Like they were all strong-willed, powerful guys that acted upon situations that took matters in their own hands and made a stand because of what they believed in. And I get it. I I get people that are frustrated with what Colin Kaepernick did. He took a knee during the flag, I, I get that. Disrespecting the veterans, I get that perspective. Because I'm i I'm neutral when it comes to this whole situation. Because I understand why people are mad about him taking a knee, but I also, stand why, I also understand why he's taking a knee. At the end of the day, you get your free right. You get a free right of speech. And for some people, they're going to be mad because he knelt during the flag. But, I mean, it, he was still witnessing the national anthem going he just took a knee and like like i i just i just think that what he what he what he stood for and i understand his purpose i mean the statistics and the facts show that <clears throat> that minorities they do get targeted more by certain police officers but that does not mean that every police officer is bad all it takes is one or two police officers to do the job wrong it makes every police officer look bad um my, my stepmom my stepmom's brother is a cop and he does his job right. And he actually is really cool with a lot of people. And I and I respect him as a person. But I also I also think that the problem is it's the system that we're in and the way how it's always functioned. And I just think Colin Kaepernick is exercising his will of free speech, his will of free right, just like how anyone else can express their free speech and their will of free right. It doesn't matter what you believe in. Like if you if you if you feel obligated to protest, you're allowed to protest. That's why we have the First Amendment. And that's what a lot of people have to realize that instead of bashing a player and saying that he's wrong for that and he's disrespecting the flag. You got to understand what he's doing it for. He's doing it because he notices that the system is messed up and he notices that. We need to make a change. We need to make a stand. And I love how Nike Nike is is doing so good in business that they don't need to worry about losing business. I, I get it. There's videos of people burning Nike shoes, but Nike has is under contract with the NFL with their jerseys. Nike sells backpacks. Nike Nike sells so much equipment that I love the fact that they have they added a guy like Colin Kaepernick that that can spread that message that you you need to if uh, if you want change to happen if you want to. Achieve greatness. You got to act on it. You can't sit and wait for it to come to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. Why, that's why I love this deal. And I and people have already texted me. I've already talked to numerous people about it saying like, will Nike lose business? They'll probably lose a little bit of business, but they'll still be fine. They're still going to function well because I, I think that this is going to motivate other players to create more change. And we saw LeBron be like the commercial said, be bigger than basketball. Don't just be the best player. Be bigger than basketball. And we saw what LeBron did when he built the school for this for the kids. And then we saw Serena Williams. Like again, like I, I just really like the commercial and I like the message that Nike is spreading. And people can come at the flag all they want and say this, that, and the third. Again, you gotta understand the reason why the person did that. You got to do some research and actually see the reason why people are saying certain things. I mean, I, I mean, I come from I, like my dad's 100 percent Puerto Rican. My mom is Italian. So, I mean, obviously, like. It all, it all depends on perspective as well. I'm not going to get into that because I, I would rather stick to sports. But I mean, I I just I, I like I just like what he's standing for. And I like that. And, and I like that he's expressing his, his his First Amendment. And I like that Nike took action upon that. I think it's going to be big steps for change, the change that's needed, and it's to change the system. So that's okay. pretty much all I have to say about the topic.
0: Yeah, so I think there's two different conversations here. The whole, you get, you know, there's the one conversation about just Kaepernick and how, He's gone about what he's wanted to do. And then there's a the conversation about if Nike made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you, Nike did not make a mistake. Nike is a billion-dollar company, multi-billion-dollar company. They know what they're doing. Who, What demographic is the main, I guess, uh, con- consumer of Nike product? It's the African American community, so like you're giving them their guy. To, it's gonna be great for business. Even just the publicity of it, I saw a statistic that the publicity alone is like a hundred and seventy plus million dollars of publicity. Yeah. Like, listen, the shoe industry is kind of like cratering down. What what is the downside? There is none. It was a tremendous move by Nike. And listen, like I have certain feelings about the way Kaepernick has gone about it. I don't think it was the smartest way to go about the protest by doing it during the anthem. I think if he did it in any other arena, I guess you'd say, or at any other time, nobody would really have a problem with it. Um, and I do wish that he... This is really the first time in the commercial that you've heard from Kaepernick in the past like, year or two. Publicly. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, so and, and, I kind of wish that he was more more vocal, vocal. And also, like, you really haven't heard any efforts of him trying to talk to policemen or anything like that. So, you kind of wish that he would do something like that. I mean, what he's Wants to do and you know what he's saying has merit, but the way he's gone about it might not have been the best. But that's also kind of a discussion for another day.
1: Yeah, I feel I feel like also though I feel like Colin Kaepernick, I I feel like he's been funded by Nike this whole time. I feel like I feel like someone's been paying him this whole time, and I feel like he's like at first I I was more like how what what you were saying like. Like why isn't he spoke up? Because we're we're seeing more athletes speak up, um, like like LeBron speak up and others. And honestly, like I think the whole situation escalated to the point where even Jerry Jones took a knee because Donald Trump was saying too much. And I'm not really the Donald Trump type of guy, like only because I think he says a lot of outlandish stuff, That's so much, like just so much stupid stuff. Yeah, and. And I mean, like I I just I just don't like I just don't like his, his values. Like I I just don't I just I get why people elected him for office, but I mean I I was I'm I'm not big on his values at all. But anyway, yeah. I mean, because of Trump's mouth, I feel like that that escalated the whole situation even oh, 100%. more, 100%. like hundred and fifty percent more. And I feel like Colin Kaepernick was funded. By Nike this whole time because I feel like Nike was like we're gonna we're gonna end up we're gonna work together here and we're gonna blow this thing up we're gonna make this big commercial and I really lo- I really love the commercial that they made and I think that Nike is taking big steps forward I feel like their business is gonna boom even more I think Colin Kaepernick and his message is gonna inspire other people to to follow his path to use the first the first amendment which is free speech. You're allowed to speak. You're allowed to have free speech on topics about Bell and stuff like that. I'm allowed to speak. Everyone is allowed to speak on on issues. And that's what I that's one thing that's great about the country is you're allowed to speak. It doesn't matter what people say or think about you. You're allowed to speak your mind. And obviously, if your opinion is not the favorite opinion, you're going to get judged a little bit. But I mean, hey, freedom of first speech is is First Amendment is First Amendment. So. That's one of the great things about the country and we and we need to start exercising that more. If you if you want change to happen, you got to act on it. Like the commercial said, you can't just sit and wait, you got to just do it. And that's that and that's one thing that people need to realize.
0: Yeah, I think uh, just I guess to close out this conversation a bit. I think that what you said about you know using the first amendment free speech I think that's really important because in today's world people from opposing sides do not talk to each other about it. They just stew. They name call. And it's not healthy for society to have that. There needs to be some back and forth from both you know, Republican to Democrat, Democrat to Republican. Otherwise this, uh, we're, this country as we know it is toast yeah you're right not to be uh gloomy at what god it's one thirty in the yeah, morning yeah it's 1 30 in the morning jesus all right well let's do our weasel of the week and then we'll do good apple of the week and then we'll do our hot take of the week and then we'll go to bed
1: <laughs> all right you go ahead man you, you go first you oh, got
0: it all right so we're gonna start with good apple Give me Otani for 500. Oh, oh my god, this man, but the he needs Tommy John. This man's hit three home runs and th- four home runs in three games. He's so good. Dude has 18, 19 home runs of the season now. He, he's gotta be, even with all the time he missed, he's gotta be rookie of the year. Like he's still he, yeah. he's bad in 287. 46 runs, 19 home runs, and 50 ribbies. The dude is a monster. And if he gets healthy next year, dude, he's going to be one of the best players in baseball. He, uh And it's a shame. The Angels are just... They're another franchise, kind of like the Bengals, I feel like. They have talent, but it's like... Mike Socha has been there for, like, 30 years and hasn't done anything since, like, 2003.
1: Yeah, you're right. He he did bring them a World Series, He did,
0: but, like, wonderful. That was 15 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) You're
1: right. You're right. 15 years ago.
0: It's like, come on. Like, it's time to move on. Yeah. Coaches have a shelf life. He might be. For the Angels, they better hope so. Otherwise, like... You might as well trade Mike Trout and everybody else and just start over because you ain't doing nothing. Well, I mean, look at that division, too. The A's playing the way they're playing. The Astros are here to stay for at least another decade. They're so good. I know. So, Otani, you're my good apple, Josh.
1: You're uh, good. My good apple of the week, I'm going to go with Jay Ajayi from the Eagles. Okay. He had a good, solid game. He didn't get enough touches, in my opinion. He had 15 carries. But he really showed when he had his opportunities. He had two touchdowns, two big crucial touchdowns on good runs. And I really like the way how he was patient in the holes and the way how he just fired out. And and I get it. He gave, We gave Sproles touches. We gave everyone touches. But J.J. really stuck out to me in the first game of the season. All right, cool.
0: Do you want to do your weasel?
1: Uh, my weasel of the week is going to be Matt Ryan. I'm sticking with football this week. Matt Ryan took a huge L, in my opinion. He, this was his game. This was his opportunity to make a statement like, this is why I'm an elite quarterback. This is why I'm a top-five quarterback in the league. And he failed to do so. He threw a pick in the end zone. He, he went 21 of 43, completed under 50% of his passes. He threw for 251 yards, but 169 of it was to Julio Jones. So honestly, like I don't even count that as anything spectacular. I, I complete awful game, and all that talk about Matt Ryan being a top tier quarterback has to go away. Has to. He's second tier right now. So in my opinion, if if that. So, but he is my weasel of the week.
0: All right. So obviously, if I did a Le'Veon Bell, that would be incredibly, incredibly obvious. So. I'm going to pick a harder route on another one of my favorite teams. Luis Severino has been awful. (laughs) And the Yankees have to be really concerned because this guy was looking like, all right, Chris Sale's probably the Cy Young, but I could see Severino winning the Cy Young. And this was like in mid to late June. In his last five starts, uh, even going back further than that, I guess really since mid-July, Severino has not been good. And it happened again uh, a couple nights ago against the A's. Gave up five runs on six hits and a walk in two and two-third innings. And cost the Yankees a huge game in the standings. He He, listened. he he's the ace of that team. He's the second best pitcher in New York to Jacob deGrom. This guy needs to figure it out. Quick, or the Yankees might as well not even show up to the wild card game because the A's will smoke them like a Cuban cigar.
1: And real quick, Nola got his 16th win tonight. He did? Yep. So now he's tied for the NL League and wins. He's so good. He really, really is. Still think
0: the Grom's the Cy Young winner though. Yeah,
1: that that's topic for another day. Yeah.
0: So uh my hot take. And this one is really for Mr. Chris, I'm gonna sleep through Sports Source Fonty, because he was supposed to come on the show today, and he uh he probably fell asleep and he's uh, not responding to text, But the Lakewood Blue Claws are gonna be the South Atlantic League champions come Monday night. So the Blue Claws, the Low A affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies, advanced to the South Atlantic League Championship Series. And that that will start Monday against Lexington. How did they get there, Josh? Spencer Howard, one of the top 20 prospects, 18th actually in the Philly system, threw a no hitter to advance. No hitter to advance to the championship round. A no hitter. A no hitter. The first no hitter in Blue Claw's playoff history. So okay, Roy Holiday. Yeah, nah, he, uh, It was a big game. It was in Lakewood too, so it was at First Energy Park. Uh, just a quick half an hour drive from my house, my summer employer. So uh, good for the Blue Claws. They're gonna win it all. Claws up, baby.
1: Claws up.
0: Claws up.
1: Now, now, are you are you ready to wrap this up? Or are you ready? Give me that hot take. My um, hot take. Um. Hmm. I gotta think of one.
0: Doo, 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 yeah, doo, no, I did, I did. So, yeah, it's,
1: Now it's starting to hit me a little bit. I'm starting to get a little bit tired. <laughs> we're but, almost um, there. We're on the home there. stretch. All right. So, my, my hot take I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to say a team that's not going to make the playoffs that made the playoffs last year. Or am I going to do that? Um,. Man, I got, I got, I gotta think. This is, I should, I should have thought of one while, while you were going. But um, trying to think of who made the playoffs last year. Falcons,
0: Steelers, Titans, Bills. Bills.
1: Well, that's too easy. <laughs> the Bills are too easy. I already know the Bills are making the post. <laughs> Sorry, Bills fans, you're not making the postseason. Um, I, I'll,
0: I'll
1: say this. I'll Four say this. Bills fans. I, I, I'll, I'll say this. I don't see the Titans and I don't see the Bills making the postseason. I see the Texans and Jaguars getting in. Um, my my team that I think is going to be a huge disappointment this year. I honestly, I think now that Aaron Rodgers is healthy, I think that Green Bay is going to take the division over Minnesota
0: hmm. this
1: year. Okay. I I think Minnesota they they are they're a great team, but I just think now that Rodgers is back and and Green Bay, I, I see the Packers taking the division, John.
0: That defense is so bad, though. Oh, I know. Rodgers is the quarterback that could put the team on his back. So that's uh, so. Yeah, so
1: that'll be my hot take. I got, I got Green Bay winning the division this year over Minnesota. All
0: right. My other hot take is I want to go to bed. So, Josh, <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, of course. Anytime. Catch us next week. We'll be recording at a normal human being time. That way, you'll be able to listen to the podcast at the very least by Friday night next week. So, you can catch us on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Stitcher. What else am I forgetting? There's there's a couple more, right? Uh,
1: Google Play. Google I know. Play, we're, Play, yeah, yeah. We're, we're still waiting on iTunes, but iTunes should be coming in, in a couple of days. That should be really nice. But so, yeah.
0: All right. We will see you guys next week. Yeah, see
1: you guys next week.